Luke, Luke chapter 8, verse 16. I'm going to make you think this morning. You okay with that? Everybody okay with thinking? Last week was kind of, kind of cut and dry, but this week, a little more abstract. Uh, there's, when I read these verses, I thought, huh, that could go a couple different ways. And then I read up on this scholar and that scholar and what so-and-so thinks about it. And, and then I just pushed away from my laptop, and I just sat there for like an hour and a half, and I just meditated on these two verses, and it slowly came to me. It just slowly came to me. It slowly kind of opened up in my mind, and I don't have an hour and a half with you this morning, right? I mean, I kind of, I kind of could. No, just kidding. Uh, I don't have an hour and a half to develop two verses. I'm going to take you through uh, 16 through 21, um, but it's, it's going to be more than what we can get right here, right now, in the next 45 minutes. So, I need you to commit yourself to these verses. Commit yourself to thinking through what Jesus is trying to say here. And then, revisit this. Please, revisit this tomorrow. It'll, it, we're, is it recording? I hope I didn't mess it up. Okay, we're good. I was pulling all kinds of wires this week, uh, working on the sound system. But, uh, we're good to go. It's recording. Go back and listen to it. I'm going to try to stick to my notes. That's very difficult for me. Uh, but I'm going to try to stick to my notes today for that one reason, because I think systematically walking through this passage, I'm going to go different directions, and you're going to be like, where is he going with this? But trust me, it's a path that your mind needs to go. It's a challenge that your heart needs to feel this morning. There, there is an attack. We have, if you, if you read Bethlehem's Creed, point number five is what, church? Man, I'm, I'm failing. It's know your what? Know your enemy. The devil does not want you to succeed in life. How many believe that? I'm not trying to give him too much margin and too much space here in church this morning and give him all this credit and let's talk about the devil. And No, we're here to talk about Jesus. But just as much as we have someone pulling for us and that has prepared the way for us, we have someone that is against us. And that is attacking us. How many feel it sometimes? Yeah. The enemy is real. So, it's important for you, Ephesians, I think it's 6. Ephesians 6. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Our battle is not this. It's internal. And boy, do they know where to get you. The devil has one-third of the angels. I'm back on creation in my quiet time, in my walk with God. I've been reading through Genesis. Boy, is it teaching me so much. In the mornings, my wife wife and I I, were trying to schedule reading together. But thinking about how many hosts, how many hundreds of millions, we don't know, how many angels God created in the days of creation. And the devil, according to Isaiah, took one-third of them. And they fell to the earth. So the devil has one-third of the hosts of heaven at his beck and call. Moving about the country. Like Southwest Airlines. You're now free to move about the country. Right? That's the devil. And now we have, you know, this to deal with. This to cope with. And how many of you sometimes you just feel like you're alone? I'm alone in this fight. How are you, how, how do you think you're going to make it if you're alone 
when the devil and his armies are attacking you. You can't make it alone. That's why Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my what? Church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you try to take it on without the church, that's why we have this community. So that you are not overtaken. You have community. You have other. I don't need that church. I don't have. Yes, you do. You, we need each other. It's not that you need me. It's that you need we. You know what I mean? All right, so I, I've prefaced enough. I've said enough. I've spent enough time. But I really need you to engage your mind for these few verses. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. And then we'll read the scripture together. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, illuminate our eyes. To what is here in the text. In your son's name, amen. Look at verse 16, Luke chapter 8. If you need it on the screen, if you need it in a Bible in front of you, uh, there are Bibles in the pews, uh, but I'll read it aloud here. Luke chapter 8, verse 16. No man, when he lighteth a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a what? Candlestick. That they which enter in may see the what? Very simple. He just got done giving four different types of soil and, and what they meant. And then he jumps in with a brief little, brief little word here, right? Hey, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under the bed. Man, it's really dark in here. I think I got a dog on. It's really, really dark. Let me, let me, let me light it up in here. It's, Pretend it's dark. I got my flashlight. Okay, good. Everybody see that? Sweet, I got my flashlight. This is going to work perfect. All right, guys, let's go camping. (laughs) Does that make any sense? We're going camping. Everybody, look right here. I got my flashlight. We can go right down the path. Does that make sense? What makes sense? Ah, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a what? Light unto my path. I will hide its words. The, the point is, is now you see the what? Now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. But it doesn't make sense for me to say, verse 16, no man hath lighted a candle. This is a 2018 candle. Got me? Here's a candle. In, in Israel, during this time, they were like clay pots. They looked like neti pots, where they put the bowl of wax in them and a wick that came out, and they had a little handle on them. Right? And then they would light them. No man lights it and puts it under the bed. No. We light it and then we put it where we need to what? See. Seems pretty simple, right? Everybody with me? Jesus said nobody lights a candle and puts it under the bed. Okay? I I mean like my McDonald's Band-Aid. (laughs) Band-Aid. It's my (laughs) Band-Aid. How many like my McDonald's bandana? Yeah, anyway. I like it. Thanks, Gabby. Appreciate the support. <laughs> For nothing is secret. Now, this is where this verse like, had me like really tripping. I'm like, Whoa, I don't understand this. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Okay, let's just keep it simple right now. It's not a secret if no one's going to find out. Let that set, because that's a little bit more of a next level type thought. Jesus is kind of like, okay, y- y'all got this, right? I love how he tears it. 
He's like, hey guys, disciples, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under the bed, right? And they're like, yeah, Jesus, good one! <laughs> right? <They're, laughs> some of them are really simple guys. They're like, man, he's just, Jesus is so awesome. What he says makes so much sense. Like, oh my goodness, nobody lights a candle and puts it under the bed. Like, you put it on a candlestick, yeah! Take that, Pharisee, <laughs> Nobody puts candles under the bed. Those stupid Pharisees, they probably put candles under the bed. (laughs) And then Jesus is like, oh my goodness. For nothing is in secret that shall not be made manifest. (laughs) Yeah, we, secret, huh? (laughs) Same disciple like trying to like play that one back in his mind. What does that mean? (laughs) Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Verse 18. We'll come back to that. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Here's the point to what he's saying. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever hath to him shall it be given. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken. Even, watch this, that which he seemeth to have. He thought he had. It's only a secret if it needs to be kept secret. It only needs to be hid if you're scared that someone's going to what? Then came to him his mother and his brethren, Mary. And there's, there's historical reasons why we don't believe that these were his stepbrothers. Because Joseph and Mary's age, first of all, when they first met. But we believe this to be Mary and Jesus' half-brothers, those that were with Joseph and Mary. We don't see Joseph here in the text, nor do we see him at the crucifixion, which leads us to believe that Joseph had what? Passed away. Then, he, then came his mother and his brethren and could not come at him for the press. There were so many people in this crowd that he was speaking to, pressing against him for these words of wisdom, for the healing that was taking place, right? Verse 20 And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. Check out what, this is kind of cold. And he answered, and he answered, I'm like twisting up my words today, and said unto, unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God, and what? End of that portion. What Jesus was saying about them hearing was so important to him and to the point that he said, you can tell my mother and brother that these are my brethren, these are my mothers that are understanding, that are hearing what I'm saying and what? Doing it. We'll get to that. Let me ask you this question. Stay with me. What are your ears for? Are they? What is their intended use? Listening. Follow me. Think with me. How do you use them? How do you use your ears? Just to take in information. We can use our ears in such a way that is not just to take in information. We can actually, something that is supposed to be very passive we can actually be very active in that way of our listening and what we hear and what we allow to come into our ears. That's why Jesus, the parable of the 
sower telling them to be good soil, the word of God, faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So he just explained to them, you need to be good soil. And the very next place he goes is with a simple parable to explain to them the importance of their listening. Of course he would say that. Of course he would go there because he just explained to them that if they are to be successful disciples, they are to have the word of God growing in their life, springing up. We talked about that last week. And that is pivotal to their listening ability. That's what this week is all about. What are you listening to? How do you listen? Why do you use your ears that way? Watch this. And here's where the, the follow me. Just stay with me. If you are 100% confident that if you told something to someone and they were never going to repeat it, then it would not need to be a secret. Yes or no? I think we need to illustrate this one. Come here, Brandon. Hey, man. What's up, man? This is a secret, okay? Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? Because I'm what? I'm worried. I'm concerned that what I'm about to say and what he what? Hears could be said to what? Someone else. That's a secret. Hey man, I'm just, I just really need to like vent a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, my pumpkin spice latte, I vent a lot. I venty a lot on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> anyway, that just came to me. It wasn't that good, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> but <laughs> I vent a lot, you know, and I just need to vent a little bit more. And I just want to tell you this, but you cannot tell anybody else. If I was 100% for sure that what I told Brandon wouldn't go to anyone else, I could just walk up to him and, and what? Bro, let me tell you this. My wife, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's all I need. If I was 100% sure, if I was confident in that, I wouldn't need to make it a what? So what makes a secret? Worry. Your lack of confidence. What was the other example he said? Hiding things, right? Jesus said in verse 17... Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. If you were 100% confident that you were able to take a picture and no one would ever see it, and it would never end up on social media, this is pretty hashtag relevant. Know what I'm saying? What? My brother-in-law and I were talking about this. What are like our kids going to think about one day when they like watch videos and hear us say, like, hey, hashtag relevant. They're going to be like, mom and dad, why are you saying hashtag before words? Like, that is so stupid. Like, that, I think that's something that our generation does that is, like, the dumbest thing. And it's, like, when we're, like, 40 and 50, we're going to be like, oh, you remember when we used to say hashtag? And they're going to be like, I roll. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we thought that was funny. Another one of my moments. Okay. If <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, okay? I told you last week, my jokes, like, You should not come expecting them. If you are 100% confident that you were able to take that picture and no one would ever see it, it's never going to end up on social media, then there would be no reason to what? Uh Uh-uh. No reason to hide it. No one's going to get in my phone. But the picture exists, 
so does the anxiety, so therefore you have to what? Hide it. I don't want nobody seeing that. My wife took a picture of me. (laughs) I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm not sure where my shorts were at the moment, but... (laughs) But it's like belly, shirt up here. It's great. You could probably bribe her. Uh, I don't know. She's maybe wanting some new winter boots or something. But I saw, I was like, delete that junk. Do not keep that picture. You know what I'm saying? That is no good. Why? Because it would be embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? If that went out to the social waves, I would be like, oh, my goodness gracious. But you know what? I would just roll with it. I'd be like, yeah, that's me. Uh Uh-huh. Take it or leave it. What are you going to do? Body shame me? You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Oh, that was good. That was good. Anyway. So (laughs) the point is, is there's a a level of insecurity. Stay with me. The truth is we are not 100% confident. That's the truth. So we keep what? Secrets. So we hide things. Yes, yes or no? Yeah. How many are hiding sin right now? No, I'm kidding. That's not the point of the message. The point is, is you have to identify that there is something that causes you to tell a secret. There is something that causes you to hide something. And here's what it is. Jesus, just like because he was Jesus and he knows everything, he just said, the reason why is because you know that there's a probability that someone's going to hear that. You know that there's a probability that someone's going to what? Find that. So therefore, you keep it a secret. Therefore, you hide it. Psalms 81, 11 through 18. Follow me. But my people would not hearken unto my voice. This is God the Father speaking specifically, expressly about the Israelite people. He says, they will not listen to me. Remember that little YouTube video? Linda, Linda, look it. Linda, what? Listen. Remember that? God's saying, children of Israel, listen to me. And they would not hearken. So I gave them up. Watch this. Unto their own heart's lusts. God gave them up to their own secrets, to their own things that they were hiding because they were focused on those things and not what? Him. Jeremiah 13.10 This evil people, same people, which refuse to hear my words. The whole point of today's sermon is are you hearing? And are you doing? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God said that there are a group of people, the Israelites, I've spent years providing for them. I've spent years delivering uh, three hots and a cot for years. Manna from heaven and quail because they didn't like the manna. Pillar of, uh, of fire by night and a cloud by day giving all that they needed. I was making provision. And they still wouldn't what? Listen to me. The Old Testament tells us that we tell secrets and we hide things because there are things about ourselves that ought not to be. This is going to get a little rough, so so you understand. What tells me that? You could just sit in the back if you can, so that you're not distracting. The Garden of Eden. They went and hid themselves because they found out they were what? Naked. They would have never had to hide what was not known to everyone else, a.k.a. Adam and Eve. They did not know 
about their nakedness. It was not an issue. Therefore, they didn't need what? Clothes. But as soon as they understood, as soon as they heard something, as soon as they believed something in their mind that explained to them their vulnerability, they went and hid. Here's what we need. Our text also tells us that if we are not displaying, this is a next level thought, we'll get to it at the end. If we're not displaying the love that we have for Jesus, then we are not his brothers. Here's where the hook comes. Listen, church. Look at verse 17 of our text. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under the bed, but setteth it on a what? Candlestick. That they which enter in may see the light, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, church. In other words, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. Watch this. For whosoever hath, the context is the gospel. The word that is now implanted in good soil. Whoever has, to him it shall be given. The kingdom, the inheritance, everything that Jesus is there for. But, oh, whosoever hath not, from him shall what? Be taken. The Israelites were a prime example of them having something but not understanding. Therefore, they hid themselves. Therefore, they lied to God. Therefore, they told secrets. Their actions spoke of the fact that they were not listening to what God was trying to tell them. Here's what we need. The first thing is this. A call for authenticity. In a connected world, in a world that you can put whatever picture you want to be seen on your face book. What does that mean? Who you are. And boy, do we put our best foot forward, don't we? It's a magazine. Just look at my news feed. <laughs> oh, you want to know how much weight I lost? Look at my news feed. It's a news feed. What I want people to know, I'm feeding it to you. There you go. Open up, buddy. <laughs> I'm feeding you exactly what I want you to see. But here's the problem. Jesus, you knew where I was going. You took the thought right out of my mind. Jesus was saying, what you're hiding proves that you don't have it. Oh. If you tell a secret, it's because you don't have it. You're scared. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. We need a call for authenticity. The gospel is hidden in your life. Then it's not the gospel. If you're hiding it, then it's not it. No man lights a candle and says, all right, let's go. It doesn't make sense. If you have the gospel, the lamp, you're going to what? Shine it. Let your light so shine that they may see. Nobody hides something that they have. Nobody tells a secret about something unless they're scared of other people knowing. 
You don't have it, Jesus said. That's the problem. Are you following what I'm saying? A call for authenticity. Jesus said the gospel isn't, excuse me, the gospel isn't a secret. It is not something that can, ooh, sorry. The gospel, if it is lit in your life, hashtag lit, that was a good one, sorry, then it's on, it's on display. Sure. Follow me, church. Let me just have a little chat with you. Are you who you say you are? I'm a Christian. If you're hiding it, then it is not it. It is only it if it's on display for others to see it. Why do you hide? Because you're scared. Because you don't have it. You're not confident in it. That's why you hide it. That's why you don't talk about it. Because you're not 100% confident that it really is what it is. That's what Jesus was saying. I was like floored. I was like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. We only tell a secret because we're scared. Mm. Church, what I'm talking about right now cannot take place on a Facebook check-in or on an Instagram photo or in a Snapchat or a Marco Polo. It has to be real. It's who you are. How many think we need a call for authenticity in this day and age? I'm just, try- I'm just trying to get you to think and look within. I wrote this last night. It may make sense to some of you. I, just, I don't do this often, but I felt led to do this. Listen to this. An object illustration. We are pretenders. This is a fight. A boxer, right? We are pretenders in the ring of perfection. We fight against the enemy of mistakes, only to be beaten by our own lies of who we thought we were. Our only shot at peace in this life, peace, how many want peace? How many want to get in the ring every day and fight for peace, knowing that you're doing the right thing, knowing that the foot forward that you put and lead with is a foot of peace, not anxiety, not of something that is fatalistic. Not of something that you are just, you know, you know with everything that you have that it's just not real. You're in some rat race. You're in some fight. But our only shot at peace in this life is to take the beat down we deserve. We're sinners. Win the fight by our enemy. Watch this. Forfeiting his right to fight anymore. Because he will be removed from the ring on the grounds of disqualification. The fight will last as long as the referee will allow it. And our endurance will come from the fact that before the fight began, the referee told my opponent that he was in strict violation. He would not permit a victory unless he was in the proper uniform, the proper weight for the fight. But my opponent would not concede. I agreed to the fight because I knew that I was going to win. I knew that the referee had my back and nothing would happen that wasn't, that he wasn't going to allow. Listen, church, Jesus is my referee. 
Satan is my opponent. And I will get in the ring every day that God calls me to. I will remind my opponent every day that he's going to lose. I have peace with this fight. The struggle for me is watching others in the ring with only themselves. The devil doesn't even see them as worthy opponents because they simply don't know the facts. They only fight with their own thoughts of who they dream to be. And that's enough to keep them in the ring by themselves. Because my referee is only interested in fighters knowing how he wants them to be. You're not even in the game. You're so worried about who you are and how others perceive you. The devil says, they're self-absorbed. I don't even need to enter into the equation. It's only a secret if you're scared. It only needs to be hid if you're worried that other people are going to find it. Don't be scared. Don't tell the secret. The truth is out. Jesus Christ will save you. He will plant your feet on solid ground. He will go to bat for you. He will referee your match all the way to the end. And Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the course. I have ran the course, kept the faith. You know what I mean. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul said, I'll get in the ring every day. Because my referee knows the rules. And the rules are, Jesus fought this fight long before I ever did. He won. He carries the belt. And everything thereunto is I am on His team. And the facts are, I don't have to be scared because I know who wins. A characteristic of the Gospel is that it is a light. And a light, everybody knows, is something that's what? Seen. Paul, when addressing King Agrippa, he says in Acts 26, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Watch this. This was Paul's whole mission statement. This is why we're sitting here 2,000 years later as the church. To open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul saw the importance of being a gospel light. Romans 2.16, the same writer said, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men. Listen to this. By Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. He will judge the things, watch this, that will be manifest. Here's the problem. At the end of our lives, we will give an account for every idle thought. Everything you try to hide, every secret you think you're telling, realize the reason why it's a secret. Because you know what other people could find out. There's a reason why you're hiding it. Because other people could do something with that. Uh, Let me just go ahead and cut to the chase. At the end of your life, there's no hiding and there's no secret telling. Everything that you are on the inside will then be brought to light. What is the light, Paul said, that Jesus is going to use to find the things that are hidden? What is it? He will judge all things 
by the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans 2. That means everything in your heart, excuse Brandon, everything in your heart, can you sit back just a little bit? Here's what Jesus does. The ultimate light on a hill. He just shines it right in your heart. You're going to spend your entire life, church, listen to me. Your entire life trying to hide things. Your entire life trying to live some secret. In other words, a hypocrite. But on the inside, when you stand before Jesus, His light is just going to go right through you. And He'll know exactly what your works are. That's what He meant when He said, Hey guys, nobody lights a lamp and goes and puts it under the bed. If you believe in Jesus, then you are now therefore a light shining in every dark place. There are no more secrets. There are no more hidden things. Why? Because his light revealed them to me. We come to Jesus broken. We come to Jesus knowing that we are not perfect. And we ask his light to shine in us so that we can confess everything to him. And give him ourselves and let him fight the battle for us. What I'm scared of is that some of us, and this is what I see, you're fighting a battle, you're putting on a front, but there's absolutely no substance to it. None. The only substance is what is seen on the outside. And God says that he tries the works of the heart at the end of your life. That's what scares me. If you're only listening, listen church, then you're only pretending. Verse 19 through 21, the gospel is the most important thing you will ever hear. But if you only hear it, you didn't get it. His family, his mother and his brothers came to him. Yes? And what did he say? Those that are my family are the ones who are getting what I'm saying. If you're worried about your family, if you're worried about fill in the blank, the gospel is the most important thing that will fix those issues. If you believe, listen to what James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You're fighting in a ring by yourself. Church, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself, he sees himself, but when he goes his way, he forgets what he saw. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and continues... He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Have you ever been asked the question, how did you know that God was telling you to do that? Has anyone ever been asked that question? How did you know that God was telling you to do that? I have an answer now. After reading this text, after digesting it, and I hope what I'm saying is clear, But I now have an answer. I know that God told me to do it. Watch. Because I did it. 
I know that God told me to do it because I did it. Watch this. If you never do, then God didn't tell you anything. No man lights a candle and puts it under his bed. How do I know if we have a church of authenticity, if we have a church of doers? But if we have a church of listeners, unfortunately, you fit the bill of someone who's fighting themselves. And you're never going to make it to the next ring where the devil gets in with you if you don't know the power of the gospel in your own heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, it's weighty. This was a weighty, I mean, the word of God just took this turn. An unbelievable thought from Jesus, from our Savior. Father, we can't lose the simplicity in it, though. That your word leads us to action. If you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed. And you say, Pastor Matt, if I died right now, I don't even know 100% sure that I'd go to heaven. I don't know about this gospel that you talk about. I'm, I'm for sure not authentic. I put on a front. But I don't know Jesus. Can you pray for me? Here's my hand. I want to pray for you. Here's my hand. Can you pray for me, Pastor Matt? Okay. So hopefully, all of you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ... You know, I mean, this little flashlight's a, it's nothing. The gospel is like a, me and Jim were talking about this one day, it's like a gazillion candle watt power. It's one of those that you can't look into it. If you look into the perfect law of liberty, it shows you everything. How many of you are just literally deceiving yourself? You think you've been witnessing, but really... You put the candle under your bed. How many say, Pastor Matt, I'm going to take a long look into my heart this week and I'm going to find the gospel and I'm going to take that light and I'm going to put that sucker on a candlestick and everybody's going to see that my authenticity is who I am in Jesus. Here's my hand. Boom. Yep. Who else? Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. Who else? Mm Mm-hmm. Good deal. That's going to take a significant amount of prayer and just following the Lord in that. Let's just take a moment. Father God, I pray that you would just be in our lives in such a way that is showing forth. In our lives in such a way, Father, that we are doing. The world looks at us and it doesn't make sense to them why we do. But we do because we are a light that is set on a hill. It is not hidden. Jesus can do whatever he wants. We're taking our licks in the ring But at the end of the day, we win. And that's the only thing I'm worried about, Father. Father, I pray that we can be a church that is authentic and 
by saying that, I mean a church that is only worried about the gospel. We're not worried about ourselves. We're not worried about what people see of us, but rather what they see in us that is lived out. We thank you so much for your word. In your son's precious and holy name, amen.